Hello everyone, this is Eva Norlick-Smith with Yoga You Online and I'm very pleased to be here today with yoga teacher Leslie Howard who many of you will recognize as one of the leading forces in exploring the therapeutic benefits of yoga for pelvic floor health. The pelvic floor is a part of the body that we tend to overlook but which really impacts our health in so many different ways both after women give birth and also as we get older uh, when the pelvic floor muscles tend to lose strength. So Leslie, thank you so much for joining us today to talk about this very important topic. Thank you for having me and thank you for promoting uh, the work because as you said, you know, there's a lot of things going on and not a lot of people talking about it. So we can change that. (laughs) Yeah. And like all the things, body, there is like so much to know and so much we actually can do ourselves to enhance the functioning of that part of the body. So we really A, appreciate your work in this area and also the fact that you're taking the time to join us today. So tell us first about your background. You've been a yoga teacher for many years and <coughs> you have developed this interest in public floor health and really have become one of the leading experts in exploring the therapeutic applications of yoga for pelvic floor. You've been part of a study that we'll talk about a little bit later. Two studies. Yeah, a second one, yeah. And you're writing a book on pelvic floor health. So tell us about yourself and what inspired this work in the first place. Uh, Well, I've been a yoga teacher for over 20 years and, um, uh, you know, like, like people that become experts in things, uh, I was having my own pelvic floor problems and uh, being a yoga teacher, I thought, you know, I knew my body really well, but I ended up having pelvic pain um, and it, it kind of mystified me because I thought I was taking care of my pelvic floor, but um, as it turned out, I ended up going to a, a pelvic floor physical therapist and was diagnosed with hypertonic pelvic floor, which means my muscles were too tight. And that was that was the beginning of it all. I was like, what? A woman can be too tight? Um, and of course, I mean, we can be too tight anywhere, you know, where we have voluntary muscles. And this was an area, as you mentioned, that, you know, we don't know enough about or we don't talk about it enough. And, uh, you know, as a yoga teacher, I, I felt I really knew the body, but this was an area that there was... Um, like veils of mystery over it. And uh, when I got that diagnosis, that was really very cathartic. And it set my, it set me on a path of um, healing for myself, first of all, and then uh, helping other women that have, uh, you know, other types of problems. Pelvic pain is just one of many. And, uh, and it also very much appealed to my, um, my feminist self and my activist self and I really do see myself as a healthcare activist because I think the our medical model that we have around women's pelvic health it's changing it's changing in a really exciting great direction but uh, but very slowly so um, I want to help women understand what's going on with them and to advocate for themselves uh, with their doctors if need be and heal themselves without doctors if possible so yeah, and when we talk about the pelvic floor, um, you know, it's there is an amazing amount of disorders that are linked to that part of the body. 
um, and really in some ways have to do with the strength, um, either lack thereof of the pelvic floor muscles or you say in some cases pelvic floor muscles that are too tight. Right. Uh, but we don't usually think about those problems in terms of pelvic floor muscles. We think about them in terms of a lot of disorders that people don't like to talk about so much. <laughs> That's true. Um, did you want to talk about them? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I would say probably the, the most common problem with the pelvic floor that people do not want to talk about is incontinence. Um, you know, unfortunately, many women think that it's just part of getting older or it's part of having children. And they often don't even mention it to their doctors because they feel like it's just something that is part of being a woman. Um, there's also people don't mention it because of shame or embarrassment. Um, so I would say uh, that's that's probably the number one problem followed by uh, different forms of pelvic pain. Um, let me just say also that, um, you know, something that I teach in my workshops is that, um, anxiety and trauma expresses in the body as tightness. Mm -hmm. So, you know, many women come to my workshop saying, oh, I have incontinence. Tightness is definitely not my problem. And they leave thinking, wow, maybe tightness is my problem. So, um, you know, there was a great article in, in Cosmopolitan last month about how many women are having problems after having babies. But I was very pleased to see they talked about um, pelvic pain. And, you know, you think, oh, I just labored for 24 hours. How could I be loose um, in my pelvic floor muscles? But actually what happens after, you know, laboring for a really long time, and if it was a very fairly traumatic experience, which it is with our current medical model in birthing, um, that the muscles tighten up afterwards to, to protect to protect the body. I mean, they're doing, they're doing what they should be doing, but then what happens is this pattern of holding just stays and and women aren't aware of it and then they're told to do kegels and then let me rant on that for a little while i mean kegels unfortunately are the only thing ever prescribed for anything that's going on in, for a woman's health and um i find it so frustrating number one because it's often not what a woman needs because they're if they're already tight then they're going to go tighten an already tight muscle that's number one. Number two, most women don't know how to even do them correctly. And doctors certainly don't check. I, I ask at every workshop, how many have you been told to do kegels? You know, let's say half the hands go up. And I say, keep your hand up if your doctor spent time with you, making sure you knew what that was. And, you know, all the hands go down, you know, maybe once in a blue moon, one hand will stay up and it'll be like, oh, but it was a midwife, you know. Um, so, uh, and then, you know, kegels often don't work because women, uh, are squeezing the wrong muscles. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, one physical therapist that I, um, refer out to, she and I talk a lot about women's health and, uh, she told me that one in three, there are no studies on this, but she says one in three women, when she asked them to do a kegel are pushing out, they're bearing down. So they're actually doing, they're doing re re reverse of what they think they're supposed to be doing, but they feel sensation and they're like, I'm, I'm doing it right. And actually, so like, let's take a prolapse, like a prolapsed uterus or a pro prolapsed bladder. And the woman thinks she's doing kegels, lifting up, squeezing the muscles, but she's actually bearing down. Mm -hmm. So she's actually making things worse. Interesting. Yeah. 
So um, yeah, we need to have a larger conversation about all of this and get, you know, one of the things I want to do is raise the bar on, um, you know, what we, what we know, what we talk about and what, what, um, what we can do about pelvic floor disorders. Yeah. 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 And we haven't, we've (laughs) talked um, about urinary incontinence and I think I've seen statistics that show that nearly like one third of women over 40. Um, and that's reported, so I, I would guess it's probably higher than that. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of women just don't own up to it. Yeah. And then there are things, as you just mentioned, like um, prolapse, um, bladder prolapse, and uterus prolapse. Is that also linked to pelvic floor <clears throat> muscle weakness and or tightness? Yeah. So, all right, let's start with tightness because that, um, that's counterintuitive. If if I have an organ that's falling, how can my muscles be too tight? But let's say someone doesn't know they're tight. Um, let's say it's a person who has irritable bowel syndrome, which means they're dealing with chronic constipation a lot of the time. So then they're on the toilet bearing down a lot. What they're doing is again, they're putting all this pressure, on their organs, um, mm-hmm. which is bad for it, and um, that can actually cause a prolapse. So mm-hmm. you've got someone that started out with um, hypertonic pelvic floor, didn't know it, you know, and then years go by, mm-hmm. years of straining, and then they go to the gynecologist, and the gynecologist says, "Oh, do you know you have a prolapse?" Then they think, "Oh, I'm too loose," mm-hmm. and they start they start doing Kegels, mm-hmm. and and then again, it's just this cycle of craziness it's yeah, they're doing yeah. the wrong thing and a lot of it is just you know um one of the things i talk about in my book is is just awareness of this area we're so right. cut off from this area yeah. you know it, it's I, I feel like our culture is very um like there's like a split personality it's like we talk about sex all the time it's like everywhere right. but yet pelvic floor health that's not really, you know, it's not a, uh, a big draw. You don't hear about it very much, right? So, right. so we're supposed to all be having great sex, but we don't want to hear about if anything's going wrong. Right. Or, yeah. you know, women totally tune into their pelvic floor when they're about to give birth. Um, but, you know, can we have a relationship with this part of our body, you know, all the time rather than these incidents in our yeah. lives? Yeah. So, yeah, that's a beautiful point because part of it is, um, you know, just even the process of developing awareness of the different muscles in that part of, of the body. Right. And I presume that this is where you focus in your yoga workshops that you help women get in touch with the different muscles and how to contract them and strengthen them or right. release and relax them. Exactly. Exactly. So, I, so to your point about prolapse, so, so a woman could be too tight with a prolapse. A woman could maybe, let's say she's had a, a number of children, prolonged labor. What that can do is stretch out the uterine ligaments. So that mm-hmm. might be the reason for the prolapse. But if you have a really strong and healthy pelvic floor, that's going to help you not have to get a hysterectomy, let's mm-hmm. say, because your pelvic floor muscles can hold up the, um, the uterus. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, not all, uh, pelvic floor problems are because of the muscles, mm-hmm. because of a problem with the muscles, but you want to make sure your muscles are as healthy as they can be mm-hmm. so that if anything else is going on, that they're, they're kind of the, um, backup, let's say. Right. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, and yeah. increasingly sort of the new perspective on the way the fascia interfaces with the muscles, there is less and less of a differentiation between ligaments and muscles. So working the muscles from that point of view would also help uh, improve the blood flow to the ligament and thereby healing you right. know, in, in that part of the body. Right. Now, in, in your uh, work... <clears throat> Do you see the, a lot of younger women as well who have issues from giving birth? Definitely. I would say my workshops are a very re good representation of women in our country. I mean, I get new moms who are having some stress incontinence. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, they're, they're very young and they're like kind of unprepared that, that this is even happening to them. Um, I get a lot of young women, uh, who have pelvic pain, who aren't able to have sex because it's too painful. Um, I get a lot of women in their forties, fifties, and sixties that are, um, having stress incontinence or they've been diagnosed with a prolapse. Um, and then of, yes, of course, getting older does, um, factor into some of that. So the, the loss of estrogen and muscle tone as we get older makes things a little more challenging. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I would say I have women of all ages, uh, come to my workshop. My, it really makes my day. A lot of times I have a mom and daughter come in together with the workshop. And I think that's just a really great thing that's sweet. That, that they have that good a relationship. That yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very sweet. And um, one of the exciting things that you have been involved with are studies on how this actually works. When you yes. do the yoga techniques that you're right. using in workshops, right. what right. are the results if you apply them systematically in a group of people? Yep. So tell us about the studies and how okay, you well, um, well, they called me, which was, uh, you know, just was such an honor and a shock. But um, University of California, San Francisco mm -hmm. um, has a, uh, a woman's center and they do a lot of research on women's health. And they contacted me and they said they were interested in doing a yoga study for women with incontinence. And they said, every time we bring this up, your name comes up. And I'm like, really? That's great. <laughs> um, so they were, they said, would you know, would you be interested in being part of it? And I said, absolutely. So, um, so I went up to the first meeting and I, I, they hadn't told me that Judith Lassiter was also recruited to help with the study. So I was like, what are you doing here? She's like, what are you doing here? And so that was, that was wonderful. That was a great connection. Yeah. Uh, she's, she's just an amazing person. And, um, so anyway, so uh, our study, that study was, um, let me see, it was women between 40 and 65, and uh, we came up with a protocol using uh, yoga poses to help with mostly stress incontinence. It, the study says uh, both types of incontinence, but I just want to say that we tried to exclude people that had any pelvic pain symptoms because we didn't want them to get tighter as a result of it. So this study was um, a little bit more geared towards getting getting strength from if your muscles were loose um, to work yoga poses in such a way uh, where you're using the legs uh, mm. a lot to to cue into your pelvic floor. So. You know, at first the researchers were like, can't you just give us a, a, a list of poses that work? And I say, no, no, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. It's how you actually approach the poses. Yeah. So something that um, <clears throat> Judith and I had to fight for a little bit was, um, you know, one of the things that I think is so crucial 
in helping women is giving them a little bit of an anatomy lesson. Um, and so we, you know, we said, look, we'd like to bring in the model and show them the muscles. And they're like, well, that's not a normal yoga class. And I said, yeah, it's a normal, it's a normal anatomy focused yoga class. Of course it is. And so I think that really helps when women can see the muscles and kind of visualize what's happening as we're going through the poses. So that pilot study, um, the results were 70% improvement in symptoms at seven zero in six weeks. Um, So the researchers were actually blown away because they said they would have been happy with anything 30% improvement. So um, with those great, impressive numbers, we got a huge grant from the NIH to reproduce the um, results. And I can't tell you because we're not done yet. We're in the third wave of that. But um, I'm hoping to have similarly great results. Anecdotally, the women tell me they're doing great. So, oh, uh, cool. so that was, that was, that's that study. <laughs> and then um, uh, because I know yoga works for pelvic pain, having experienced it myself, um, I really pushed them. I said, you know, why don't you do a study for yoga for pelvic pain? And uh, we did, in fact, get a small grant to do that. And um, we got a 42% improvement in symptoms in six uh-huh. weeks. So, yeah, yeah really exciting. Uh, so very pleased to be part of that and to really, you know, just have the hard scientific numbers that it works. I mean, yeah. I know that it works, but, you know, yeah. it's great to have uh, – credentials. <laughs> yeah, it's very yeah. encouraging. And in yeah. the ongoing study with the large grant, how many people are involved in that? Uh, we were going to do about three different waves of this, you know, same protocol, um, three waves of about maybe 15 per class. Mm-hmm. So, so the initial study was small. It was the, the pilot only had nine, nine women in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've been trying to get, you know, like over 50 so that right, right. Uh, over 50, you know, numbers wise, and we have a control group. So that's a fair amount of recruiting. Um, I would say our biggest challenge is trying to find someone in the Bay Area who hasn't done yoga. <laughs> it's like a blessing and a curse, right? I'm like, yeah, really? Yeah. can't find anybody that hasn't done yoga. <laughs> That's so, funny. That's really yeah. funny. It's <laughs> challenge. How many challenges everywhere by now? Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it's, and one of the really interesting things you said was, you know, the emphasis on how you know, it's not just doing yoga, it's doing yoga with the right actions in the poses. Correct. So we can't presume that yoga is like a blanket, you know, therapy or whatever you want to call it, preventive approach for pelvic floor health. You really do need to learn how to engage the muscles in a way that works with your body and your particular situation. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to say yoga in general is great. All all styles of yoga are wonderful for reducing stress. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, you know, in general, just doing yoga is going to help your pelvic floor. Let, let's say that unless, mm-hmm. you know, you're doing something like you think you're lifting and you're pushing down. Right. Um, yeah. But, you know, like let's take, uh, you know, the Mula Bandha uh, that's done uh, or taught a lot in the Ashtanga practice. You know, for someone who's hypertonic, someone who already has tight muscles, you know, them doing Mulabanda is not going to help them. Um, you know, so, so, you know, yoga in general, I would say helps pelvic floor health in general, but if you have, uh, if you have something going on, if you have an active problem like incontinence or pelvic plane or irritable bowel syndrome or interstitial cystitis, the list is long. Um, you know, you really need to 
you need to zero in on, okay, what is my problem? Um, number one, don't assume because you have incontinence or prolapse that your muscles are too loose because that may or may not be the case. Um, and then how do I want to approach my yoga postures? Do I want to approach them in a way where I'm stretching the pelvic floor and trying to release the pelvic floor? Or do I want to approach my poses, um, you know, where I'm strengthening and really kind of, um, you know, like I like to say in my, in my workshops, you know, if you want to strengthen your bicep, you do bicep curls, right? But you don't walk around with your arm like this. And, and if your arm is already like this, you can't do bicep curls. So some people have the equivalent of having a pelvic floor that's always has, you know, so, um, so, you know, in general, I would say, uh, standing poses in general are more strengthening for the pelvic floor, but you have to really know how to work the legs correctly to do that. Um, and then, uh, I would say hip openers and, uh, forward bends are better for stretching and releasing the pelvic floor. But again, you can't just do forward bends and go, my pelvic, this will stretch my pelvic floor out. You have to, you have to really know what you're doing. Yeah, and it's such a process because uh, you made reference to Mula Banda and, you know, even with Mula Banda, there's so many layers of how first you have to learn how to engage the right muscles and then there's like so many layers of how you do the Mula Banda from like very loose engagement to gripping, holding tight, which I think you tend to do in the beginning. So it's it's such a process of like, as with any part of the body, when we come into a yoga posture, there's just so many layers of uncovering how do I do the actions, how do I work with the muscles in that particular pose. Right, right. It's, it's all about learning, um, I'll say subtlety, because when right. something, you know, is a little elusive or hard to learn, it can be subtle, but, but then once you learn it, um, it's not subtle any longer. Right? right. So in my workshops, we focus on, you know, are you really engaging your pelvic floor or is your anal sphincter doing everything? And, you know, it's, we get to that level of specificity. And, and again, if you're dealing with the problem, you need to work at that level of specificity. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and Leslie, you have a course with us on uh, yoga for pelvic floor health. So tell us uh, about what you are covering in the course and what people can expect. Well, the course is a, you know, a little condensed version of my workshop in a webinar form. So I've, I've tried to do it as best I can. So if you can't get to my workshop, this is definitely the next best thing. Um, so, you know, I start with some anatomy, um, you know, drawings and pictures and photographs um, of pelvic floor muscles and, you know, my model, um, my, my medical model. I've got some photographs on there so that you can see what the pelvic floor muscles look like, where they attach, what they're called, how they're layered. Um, and then uh, we work on uh, the breath because the breath is a crucial part of pelvic floor health. And um, uh, then I talk about, you know, different postures and like how, uh, how different uh, lifestyle choices affect pelvic floor health, like, like bad sitting, you know, slumping sitting, really, really, really bad for the pelvic floor. Um, and then, uh, I've attached two classes, one for people that are hypertonic and one for people that are what's called hypotonic, which means uh, the muscles are loose. So, um, it's very, it's, it's like a good little tutorial of, you know, where they are, how to find them, et cetera, et cetera. So, 
Yeah. And then the conditions that, you know, that you might have, or you, you know, you might not even realize, oh my God, that pesky uh, sacroiliac problem I have could be pelvic floor related. Absolutely. You know, unstable sacrum is very, very common in yoga. And that can often be related to pelvic floor imbalance because one one side can be stretched out and one side could be too tight. And then that's going to affect your sacroiliac joint. So, yeah. So, yeah. So everybody should do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, speaking yeah. from having taken your course in the past, I I uh, particularly appreciate how you're able to talk about this, you know, really somewhat technical anatomical topic and make it so fascinating and interesting. So I think um, it's my enthusiasm for it. It's I get, know, like yeah. that's contagious. I mean, it's just like how come no one ever told us these things? I know. Yeah. <laughs> Go out and tell everybody you know you have a pelvic floor. <laughs> You're splashed. Exactly. Uh, well, Leslie, thank you so much for all the, the great work you're doing and for joining us today. And um, we really appreciate you sharing all your thank great you. knowledge with our community. Well, and I appreciate you being a platform for my work. So I, I thank you for what you do. And I know you've got a team of people. So um, thank you to them as well. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay. All right. Take care and enjoy. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.